Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 328 of Cryptobiography, and it's part six of Tomorrow. And here we go. The dress didn't come. Instead, about three weeks later, in the middle of the night, the town's alarm started blaring. Their parents went in to check on them, and they asked Betty to watch Albert while they found out what the town needed. Betty and Albert sat in the dark. Betty could have lit a candle, but part of her is hoping that their parents would be back soon to tell them everything would be all right and that it was okay to go to bed. But the alarm kept crying and crying, and after a while, Betty was sure that she, sure that she also heard some yelling and screaming of people. When she could definitely hear yelling somewhere in the houses near them, Betty told Albert to stay in bed and quickly got dressed and put on her coat and boots. She opened the door, and the shouts were louder. She could also smell smoke. A horrible, sinking feeling hit her in the stomach. She didn't know what to do. She didn't want to leave Albert alone, but she had to know what was happening. But Albert couldn't come with her. It would, could be dangerous. She decided after a pained moment to tell Albert part of the truth and then go find out what was happening. She went to his bedside. I'm going to go see what's going on, she said. There's smoke, and I think some of the adults are nearby. I don't think there's any fires really close by, so stay here. I'll return just as soon as I can, okay? In the gloom, Albert nodded. Betty gave him a quick hug, then headed out. It didn't take long to tell where it was coming from. It was just three houses over, where she could now hear and see two groups of people fighting. She recognized some of them as her townsfolk, but she didn't see her parents among them. The ones she recognized were fighting with the ones she didn't recognize and they were losing badly. She couldn't help. She was too young, too small, and she hadn't been taught how to fight. But she had to find out if her parents were all right. She snuck forward, using anything she could find for cover. She didn't see any sign of her parents, but the battle raged. Her townsfolk on one side, and what were clearly the mainlanders on the other side. Many of them had red crosses on their chests. Also, every last ma mainlander that she could see was an adult man. She snuck forward until she was actually inside the outer edges of the melee, which is wide and wild. She saw something that caught her breath. She was sure it was her mother lying on the road, only about a house away. It was pretty dark, but there was just enough light she could tell the body was wearing a green shirt like the one her mom was wearing when they'd warned her and Albert. There was another body just beyond it, which she had a horrible suspicion was her father, but she couldn't tell at all from where she was. Were they hurt? Dead? She had to know. She snuck forward, knowing she could be spotted at any time. When she was as close as she could get without breaking cover, she took a look around. Everyone was busy fighting, so she scrambled forward, low to the ground, up to the two bodies. It was them, her mom and dad, and they were dead. Tears sprung up in her eyes, but fear kept her from crying completely. There was a yell near her, and she looked up. A man with a spear was advancing on her. She yelped and sprung up out of pure fear, and because there were fewer mainlanders in the way, she ran back towards her house. 
She ran around the hedge toward the front door when she realized she couldn't keep a grown man out of their house if he was determined to come in, and what if Moore joined him? And worse, by going in, she would also be endangering her brother. She hesitated, but the man's footsteps were coming closer. She didn't have a choice now. She'd have to get in the house and escape with Albert out the back, if they could. She ran towards the door, but the man was upon her just as she was mounting the three steps. He grabbed her and she screamed. Another two men were coming around the corner. She yelled and kicked at the man, and he struck her across the face hard. Spots swam in front of her face. The door opened, and a horrified Albert stared at them. He had come to try and help his sister. Run, Albert, she yelled. But one of the men pushed past her and with a heavy boot kicked Albert hard in the stomach. Albert both crumpled and fell backward, and his head hit the doorway of the entry hall with a crack. The man who had kicked him slammed the door shut, and the third man, who had a torch, was splashing something all over the porch. Then, as they dragged Betty away from the house, they lit the liquid on fire, which immediately turned the front of the house into a wall of fire. Betty was screaming and begging, but they were tying her up, and they gagged her. She could only squirm helplessly as they dragged her away from her home, with her unconscious brother inside, mere feet away from flames that would soon soon consume the only home she'd ever known. Why'd you torch it? We haven't been been through even been through it for valuables. One of them asked the one with the torch. Eh, they found a large amount of loot. The torchbearer said. Peter says it's time to load up and return home. And that's the end of the story for this week. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. And thanks for listening. Uh, Words and Music Copyright 2023, Cryptobiography LLC, All Rights Reserved. Characters and events are fictional, fictionalized, or satirical.